This is Zach Driscoll, and I'd like to welcome you to the Real Men Podcast. To find more Bible teaching and content like this, visit markdriscoll.org. And don't forget to set aside a good chunk of time, because my dad has a habit of preaching lengthy sermons. All right, well, I love you guys. It's good to see you. Thank you for joining us tonight. It was so weird today. For those of you that are online, you don't know this. It rained in Phoenix, which means everybody freaked out. I was in the fast lane, dude in front of me, in a four by four going 38 miles an hour. complete nuclear meltdown. I was like, man, that guy needs to take that back and just get himself an Uber. Uh, so thanks for braving the elements. We know who the guys are who, uh, who have all the courage. So thanks for driving in the rain. And uh, if you're new, you're surrounded with some really great guys and we come together to build men up, not beat men up. And the way this works is on Sunday, I preach through generally a book of the Bible. We're in a book of the Bible right now called Daniel. And then we do an application just for men. So I'm not gonna revisit the whole sermon, but just pull one piece out of Daniel chapter nine. I'll start by saying that we're all, all of us men, we're creatures of habit. We're creatures of habit. How many of you noticed that with your dad growing up, right? Or men in your life, they're creatures of habit. Get up at the same time, have the same coffee, brush your teeth the same way, um, watch the same shows, get upset about the same political issues. We're just creatures of habit. That's the way that we work. And the habits in our life are either positive or negative. They either build positive momentum or negative momentum. What we're seeing in the life of Daniel is the consistency over the course of 70 years. In the opening of the book, he was a teenager. By the end of the book, he's in his 80s. So he literally covers the spectrum of all the men who are with us tonight. And what we see is a few habits in his life that build momentum and consistency. And what we learn as well as men is that we tend to think that we can do more in the short term, and we can't. And we tend to underestimate what we can do in the long term. For example, how many of you guys are finance guys, your money guys? Is there a quick way to make money? No, not unless you deal drugs and you can't do that. There's not a quick way to get money. The only way to make money is to invest over time consistently. How many of you guys are personal trainers, you're workout guys, you're healthy, right? Can somebody come into the gym and quickly get in shape? No, it takes time, it takes consistency. Everything in life is about habits, time, and consistency, building progress over time. We see that with 70 years of Daniel. And what I wanna pull out of Daniel chapter nine is uh, just a few short scriptures. And we're going to look at these habits in his life that made him one of the greatest men in the history of the world. And these are the same habits that you and I need if we wanna become great men of God. Daniel 9, two through three, it's gonna be a Bible study, prayer and fasting. Just those are the three things. Those are the three things. Uh, I, Daniel, perceived in the books, those are the books of the Bible, the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet. And so what he's saying here is that the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, it's Jeremiah's voice, but it's God's word. And ultimately this is very important for us that the Bible has lots of books, that's what he says. And it has authors, human authors. He mentions here, Jeremiah, he will be another author, Daniel. But he says that the content is the word of the Lord. Okay, we're talking about here is God speaks through his word. This is why we're Bible guys, amen? That, that there's lots of opinions, but there is one truth. This is the only perfect thing on earth. And this is what God wrote. And you hear God's voice when you open God's word. So Daniel's gonna do a Bible study and he's hearing from God through his Bible study. 
Uh, he goes on, the Lord, word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So he's reading the Bible, trying to figure out what God has for his future. And then he prays. <clears throat> then I turn my face to the Lord God. And prayer is really where we come face to face with God, right? It reminds us of who we are, who he is. And this is conversation with your father. Most men who struggle with prayer struggle to know God is Father. Jesus taught us to pray our Father. Once you get to know that God is your dad, you'll talk to him. My kids all the time come meet with me, look me right, hey, dad, I gotta talk to you. Dad, I gotta run somebody. Dad, I got a question for you. Dad, I need more money, right? They just come to me with their requests and they, they come right to me and look me right in the eye because I'm their dad. Prayer is literally where we meet, spiritually speaking, face-to-face -face, and just talk to our dad and tell him what we're excited about, what we need, what we're fearful of, whatever the case may be. He's gonna pray. Then I turn my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting. So what I'm gonna say is these are the three habits, Bible study, prayer, fasting. This is a 70-year example of what a man's life looks like with prayer, Bible study, and fasting. So most of you guys are Christians. If you're new, we're glad to have you. This is where you get to speak freely, maybe not too freely, a little bit freely. Give me some, we all, most of us know we should read the Bible, right? We, we know that. Just like we know we should exercise. Like these, these are not, it's not like I never heard this before. What are some of the main reasons why men don't read and study the Bible? Sometimes it's laziness. It just, it's, it seems like it's work and I don't wanna work. I've been working all day. I don't want more work. Distractions, distractions like, excuses. you've always got an excuse. There's something else to do. And there's plenty of distractions. I mean, one's just in your pocket, right? You can always check the game. You could see what's blowing up politically. You, you, I mean, you could go look at naughty pictures. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do on your phone. You can check your banking, you call, text, email, work. It, we now live in a world where it is, it is impossible to not get distracted. Because even if you're not looking at this device, it's ringing and buzzing and summoning you. Okay, other reasons why men don't read or study the Bible. Hard to understand, and men don't like to feel stupid. We don't like to feel stupid. I always say this, you can tell a guy he's evil and he's okay with that. You just can't tell him he's stupid because you can fix evil, but you can't fix stupid. So you can't tell a guy he's stupid. But we don't like to learn new things because it makes us feel stupid. And especially if you've, how many of you have got a wife? She is the Bible study girl. She goes to the Bible study. She fills in the blanks. She knows everything. And you're like, I am not even gonna compete with Bible Jeopardy trivia champion wife girl. I can't do that. So if the kids have questions, go talk to mom. I'm out because I, I don't know how to do that. Why, why else do men not study and read the Bible? Fear. Fear, sometimes it's, I might actually understand it and then I gotta do what he says. So I'm, I think that, no, I think he's gonna, tell, he's gonna say stop drinking and get a belt. And I'm not sure I wanna do that just now. I'm in my twenties, all right? So welcome from Old Town for you guys. All right, so for other reasons why men don't read the Bible, Sometimes it's boring and it can be boring if you don't know how to study it. First time through, it's, it's ancient books, thousands of years old. Why else? Sometimes they don't wanna hear the truth, right? Sometimes it's like, I know what it says. I don't wanna hear it. I just do not wanna hear it. Other reasons? Hard to understand. 
Sometimes it's like, you know what? I wanna be the highest authority in my life. And as a man, I don't come under authority. Some men have authority issues, meaning they like to be in authority, but they don't like to be under authority. And if you're gonna study the Bible, the first thing the Bible says is you're under authority. Okay, so there's these reasons, these practical reasons. I wrote down a few, let's see if there's anything else. I think you guys got all of it. The only one that I got that you missed is oftentimes the guys who seem to know the Bible best are weird guys. True, right? True, like Ned Flanders on The Simpsons, you're like, I don't wanna be that guy. I don't wanna be that guy. Like I know a lot of theologians, I love them with all my heart, but none of them have ever won a fight. None of them have ever taken a punch. None of them know what a quarterback is. These are not, these are not like my union drywaller dad kind of guy, right? And so sometimes it's like, man, if I read the Bible, am I gonna turn into the kind of guy that I'm not really excited to be? If we're honest, can we be honest? Okay. And I'm just proving the point because I know the Bible and I'm, I'm a weird guy. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm confessing publicly. Now, that being said, um, what I wanna talk about is tools, not rules. A pastor friend of mine, one of my pastors, he said, men need tools, not rules. Meaning there's a lot of different ways that you can study or read the Bible or pray or fast. So what I'm gonna give you are some tools, but they're not rules. You may have additional ways or one of these may or may not work for you. But let me just give you some thoughts on how as a man, you can learn the Bible. Uh, number one, you could just set a daily appointment. How many of you have regularly scheduled appointments on your calendar? Most of us do. You could set a daily time where you're like, okay, this is the time that I spend in the Bible, okay? How many minutes a day do you think you would need to either read or hear the Bible to go through the entire Bible in one year? Any guess? about 20 minutes a day. That's not too long, about 20 minutes a day. And you could actually go through all 66 books, the whole Bible in a year, in a year. And if you're a man, that would be revolutionary because I read some statistics. The average man reads less than a book a year. Many men just don't read. That's why they don't read the Bible. They're like, I don't read the Bible. Well, what do you read? Nothing. If it doesn't have pictures, I'm out. Right? If it doesn't have guys with a ball keeping score, I don't pay attention. And so 15 to 20 minutes a day, you can go through the whole Bible. So you start to think of this, uh, if you're a younger guy, 20s, 30s, if you just went through the Bible once every year for the rest of your life, where would you be at Daniel's age? We tend to overestimate what we can do in minutes and we tend to underestimate what we can do in decades. Okay, just a little bit at a time. It's like an investment account. It's like compounded interest for a financial guy. It's okay, 15 to 20 minutes a day, I could go through the whole Bible in a year. Ways to do this. How many of you are a father? You've got a wife and kids, your family guys, okay? Well, we always did it, my family growing up, we always had a family Bible on the table when we get together for dinner and we do dinner six nights a week. Uh, when the kids are growing up and I'd usually be out teaching one or two nights a week, but otherwise we're getting dinner together. We'd all sit down, somebody'd pray and I would open the Bible and I'd read a section and we'd talk about it. Uh, sometimes it could be the same thing that we're going through in the sermon. Sometimes I'd um, take the Bible and hand it to one of the kids. Okay, you can read today. Why don't you read these lines? You read it, we'll listen to it and talk about it. We started putting a drip of God's word at the dinner table, just a drip. 
Some weeks or some days, the kids would say, ah, I don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about something else. So what do we do? Talk about that. I'm not going to be legalistic about it. Make all the, no, this is Bible time. No, 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 no. Reading, studying the Bible is something we get to do, not something we have to do. It's something that we want to do. And sometimes the kid wants to talk about his sports team or his day at school or something else. And that's okay. So it's not every night we have to do this, but every night I wanna be available to introduce God's word to have a conversation with my family. And as a result, my kids, we have a lot of really good conversations and it becomes normative. So what you men need to know is what we're doing here tonight is to practice so that when you're with your wife or your kids, you're having a meal, that you can ask questions, open the Bible, talk, pray for each other. The things that you'll do here are practicing for what you'll do as the pastor in your home. Your wife has a pastor, that's you. Your kids have a pastor, that's you. And you can open the Bible and you can have a conversation and you can pray together. And some of you guys just need to start. You lack the confidence, just start. It's like anything. I talked to a guy um, this week for the first time, he actually read scripture and prayed with his wife. First time in their whole marriage. Just start, just start. And sometimes inviting the family to participate is hugely helpful. How many of you guys know of something called Uversion? Ever done? It's an app on your phone. You can download the app, it's free. They'll give you Bible reading plans. You can read the Bible chronologically in order. You can have reading plans, Old Testament, New Testament. You can have different plans on prayer or manhood or finances, anything topically that seems interesting to you. And it literally will deliver it to you every single day. And it will actually keep track of your progress. It's the easiest thing in the world. In addition on that, there's also an audio Bible. So what do you guys listen to when you drive, drive to work and such? What do you listen to? You listen to me? Well, that's wisdom. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I'll, I'll give you a percentage. Uh, that was awesome. What else do you guys listen to? Sometimes Christian, maybe some of you guys listen to Christian worship music, which could be good. How many of you guys listen to political talk radio? How many of you, it doesn't improve your emotional state? Right, you get a nervous, you know, like coronavirus, stock market, socialism, Ugh. right? There are better options, just so you know, okay? It's okay to listen to sports radio, but if you're a Suns fan, it hurts, okay? <laughs> it just does. No, 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 the Suns are a really good college team. I'm not knocking them at all. So you can take the audio Bible and somebody else will read it to you, literally. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Somebody else can read it to you. You could just literally take your commute and just say, I'm gonna listen to God's word on my commute. Most of you probably would knock out an hour of Bible a day, which means you'd go through the whole Bible a couple of times a year on your commute. Or when you're working out or you're doing chores at home, there are some very simple ways just to have God's word coming into your ears and having access to your heart. You can also subscribe to daily devotions. There's a, lot of different, um, there's a lot of different places that if you give them your email, they'll send you daily devotions, a scripture and a little summary, thought for the day and a prayer. And they'll do it every day for free. I do it five days a week. You go to markdriscoll.org, you sign up for free. Every Monday through Friday in your inbox, I will send you Bible teaching going through the sermons that I'm teaching 
with scripture. I mean, and there's many places to get these things. So part of it is just making a plan and sticking with a plan. Next thing he does, he does prayer, okay? He does prayer. Why do men not pray? It does take time, but can you pray short prayers? You totally can. Why else do men not pray? Sometimes it's awkward. It's like learning a foreign language. You're like, I've never done this, okay? Some of you guys here, you've never prayed out loud, okay? Well, this will be hopefully your first night. We're not gonna make you, but we'll tase you if you don't. I'm just kidding. But, um, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's good to start. And we want this to be a place to where if a guy's like, I don't know the Bible, we're here to help. I've never prayed. Great, you're in the right spot. These are the guys that wanna help. So we're here to build men up, not beat them up, not shame them for what they're not doing, but help them to do it. And sometimes guys literally are just like, I don't know how to do it. I just have never prayed out loud. I don't know. Let me say though, if you can start to pray, let's say you're a single guy for your spouse. And then when you get married to pray with your spouse and to pray with your children, for the guys that have done this, true or false, it changes the whole dynamics in your future and in your family. It invites God in and it makes you the head of household. You don't have to pull out the verse that says, I'm the head. You're like, I love, serve, intercede, bless, care for you. Therefore you respect my leadership because it's loving leadership. Well, sometimes do men not pray? Sometimes you don't wanna hear the answer. That's why some men don't ask for directions. We don't ask questions. You're like, I knew what you were gonna say, so I didn't ask. Okay, some thoughts on prayer. Number one, I would say, sometimes the easiest way to pray is before you talk to anybody else, always talk to God first, right? So let's say you're going into a meeting at work. Talk to God before you go in and talk at the meeting. You're gonna, you can have a conversation with your wife. Talk to God before you talk to your wife. You need to have a conversation with your kids. Talk to God before you talk to your kids. Meaning, make God the first conversation that you always have to set you up to have a better conversation with whomever you need to have. See, as men, we tend to do it the opposite. We tell you what we think, then it blows up, and then we ask God to help clean the mess we made. God doesn't mind being on the cleanup crew, but at the end of the day, it would be really good if he was coaching on the front end to help things go better so it didn't end up so painful, okay? Pray before you make a decision. You could do this silently because God knows your thoughts. You can do this verbally, you can do this alone, you can do this with others, you can do this sitting in your car, laying on your bed, walking around your neighborhood, sitting in your cubicle, whatever the case may be. A couple other thoughts on ways to build momentum in your prayer life. Um, you could set a regular time for prayer. It says earlier in Daniel that he prayed three times a day. He just would set it. You can do that. You could say every morning, I, I gotta leave for work at 6.30, therefore I'm gonna get up 15 minutes earlier. I'm gonna read the Bible and pray for 15 minutes. I'm gonna read God's word and then talk to him. I'm gonna start there. That's gonna be a regular appointment. Some of you say, I got lunch break. I'm gonna take 20 minutes at lunch to read and pray. That's what I'm doing. Or maybe at night before I go to bed, rather than drinking and, you know, and watching Netflix, I'm gonna read the Bible and pray. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start setting some new habits, some new schedules for my life with God. You can also pick a prayer partner. A lot of guys, when they go to the gym, they stop going unless they have a what? 
a partner, a workout partner. What that is, is that's healthy accountability. Like we'll do this together. That's why Jesus sends his men out two by two. You need a partner. So it's finding a guy that you trust and is a good guy and a godly guy and saying, okay, you pray for me, I pray for you. We'll share prayer requests and, uh, and we're gonna be praying for each other. Let me say that most men don't wanna do this, right? Because we'd rather go it alone. But the problem is we go it alone until crisis happens and then we don't have anyone there to help. So it's better to build the relationship before the crisis. A couple other things you can do in addition to scheduling a regular time, you can keep a formal prayer journal of requests and answers. How many of you have done this? Any of you guys ever written down prayers and then seen God answer? We do this at our family. Um, some years ago, we started a, a prayer journal when we first moved to Arizona. We'd get together for dinner. Hey kids, anything we could pray about? Anyone we should pray for? And this is a question I ask my kids every day. Driving home from baseball or basketball practice with one of the boys, Anyone I can pray for, anything I can pray for, anything I can help with. I listen, I turn off the radio, I just listen and they talk. My son the other day, he's like, well, some of the boys in school, they're starting to get girl crazy and thinking, you know, they're vaping and they're cussing and, you know, which means they've hit puberty. Yeah, that's what it means. And he's like, dad, they're my friends, but I don't wanna do that. I wanna lead, how do I lead them without judging them and criticizing them, but helping them because I think they're going a bad direction. It's like, okay, this is an amazing. I said, okay, let me pray for you and then let me coach you, okay? By asking for a prayer request, it opened up a whole side of my son's life I didn't know about because I'm not at school with him. And he brings it as a prayer request so I can be praying for him. And now I can regularly be asking him, hey buddy, how's it going? How can I be praying for you? Anything I can coach you up in? So with my son, I'm his prayer partner. I'm the guy who's checking in and praying for him. You can do this and should do this with a godly man. And this could even include your son. And one of the reasons that uh, I like keeping a prayer list, I like to see God hear and answer prayer. If you look back and you're like, God, I asked and God did this and I asked and God did that and I asked and God did this. You know what that does? That builds momentum for your future, builds hope. Literally, I pulled out an old prayer journal we had at our dining room table when we first moved here. Kids prayed for a good school. They prayed for friends. Uh, they prayed that God would give us a building. They prayed that we could uh, open a church. They prayed we could get a sound system. They prayed for a worship pastor. Uh, they prayed for uh, kids ministry. They prayed for a student ministry. Guess what? That was all answered. That was all answered. It was all written down. So I pulled it out and I showed the kids. I was like, remember your prayer request? And they're like, God answered all our prayers. Yeah, he did. What's that gonna encourage them to do? Keep praying, right? Keep praying. Sometimes we, we don't keep record of all the answered prayers and it kind of causes us to lose hope that more prayers would be answered. And this can include keeping a prayer list for somebody else. Um, there was a very well-known pastor some years ago. Um, I won't name drop, but he was very controversial. So I liked him. And uh, he, he passed away and I was visiting his son. And, uh, and we went out to lunch and I said, tell me about your dad. His dad was a big personality. He said, uh, he's, he got teared up. He said, I really love my dad. He said, my dad was one of the greatest guys I've ever met. And uh, I said, like, why is that? He said, everywhere we went, out to dinner, out to coffee, grocery store. He said, my dad always carried a notebook and he would just ask people, hey, I, I like to pray for people. Is there anything I can pray for you for? And he would write it down 
And he would pray. At the grocery store, in the line, anything I pray for you about? Yeah, I'm a single mom. My husband just left. You know, I'm trying to figure out daycare. Wow, you need prayer. Let me be praying for that. The next week he comes back to pay for his groceries. Guess what he does? I've been praying. I wanted to check in. How can I continue to pray for you? He said, I watched my dad as a little boy throughout the whole course of his life, ask people how he could pray for them, write down their prayer requests, pray for them. And then when he saw him again, follow up. And he said, that's why we have a massive church. Those are all the people my dad prayed for. Because if you come up to people, you're like, do you want to hear me tell you about Jesus Christ in hell? Answer, not really. (laughs) Can I pray for you? Answer, the odds are higher. But it begins the conversation. Begins the conversation. Um, How about this one, fasting. How many of you guys have never even heard of this? Like, this is a brand new concept. What is fasting? Just... Consider this, right? It's not eating, okay? It's not, now as men, we're better at, at eating, right? <laughs> better at eating. That's why, that's why a lot, I mean, you're like, most of us are somewhere between the second and third trimester. I mean, that, that's just where we live, right? <laughs> it's twins, burger twins, you know? So, um, and, and so what, what fasting is, fasting is self-control. And it's, so let me say this, um, Sometimes, I'll use an example, with your technology, it's glitching, it's stuck, it's in a bad loop. So how do you reset your technology most of the time? Turn it off. I learned this years ago. I hired my first IT guy. Hey, my computer's broke, this broke, this broke. Here's he came in every time. He's like, turn it off, turn it on. I was like, I don't know why I have an IT guy. That's all he does. He turns it off and he turns it on. And that fixed it 90% of the time. Sometimes you and I, we need to hard reset for ourselves. That's what fasting is. It's a hard reset, okay? And when it comes to fasting, it is taking something that maybe was under control and has gotten out of control and stopping it for a hard reset, okay? So what would be, it's not just food, by the way. It can be anything because we can, we can have unhealthy, compulsive, even addictive habits that are snowballing downward with almost anything. So for men, not you guys, because you're all filled with the spirit, just like Daniel, but for some of the guys that you know, what would be some of the things that it would be good for a man to consider fasting from, taking a break from? TV. How many hours a day can a guy watch TV? Do you know that now, yeah, 24. Well, that's amazing. Um, Apparently a young guy, some of us, we need to sleep. They say that by the time a boy graduates from high school, he spent more hours watching TV than sitting in a classroom. Okay, so sometimes fasting, how many of you have fasted from TV? Meaning I'm not gonna watch TV for a week or two. And then when you watch it, you realize it's a lot lot worse than you were thinking. Are you like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This this is crazy. I mean, I'll never forget. We were watching a family-friendly show this summer and it was like, you know, family night and on comes the Victoria's Secret ad followed up by a beer commercial. And I was like, wow, wow. I mean, this is, this is not okay. Right? We're, we're trying to have a family night, not figure out how the kids got here, you know? I mean, that's not what we're trying to do, you know? So I shouldn't have said it that way. What, what, what? <laughs> 
What other things would it be good for a man to consider fasting from? Video games? How many of you have a son who's joined a cult called Fortnite, right? <laughs> Fortnite is a cult that has recruited all young men. Fortnite is not a sin. It's just a waste of time. Some things are sinful. Some things are a waste of time. Um, I had a guy come up to me recently. He's like, uh, he's like what, what video games do you like? I was like, I, I don't. I'm a grown man. I... <laughs> I, I have a, I have a, I have, I have a job, <laughs> so I, I, I don't do this all day. I gotta, I gotta go to work. It, how many hours are men, but especially young men, spending on video games? I'll never forget my, one of my kids had an orientation at Arizona State University, and uh, it was this all these new freshmen. And one of the Q and A times, like, do you have any questions? One of the guys raises his hand. He says, "What do you have for esports?" I never heard that. I looked at my son, he's like, e-sport? He's like, video games. It's like, it's not a sport. If you don't sweat, right? Like, if you are eating Cheetos and drinking beer, you are not an athlete. That's just how this works, right? Some of you guys are offended. You're welcome. Okay, what else would be good for a man to consider fasting from? Social media, right? How much stupidity is on social media? It's, it's all stupid, right? And somebody like, not all of it. Okay, almost all of it is stupid. It's people arguing about things they don't know, okay? And it's just, it's, it's shenanigans. It's, it's, just, it's just a waste of time to get embroiled in all the controversies and the latest cause and all of the emotional nuclear meltdown about whatever the offense of the day is. What else would, yeah, and coveting as well. You're like, oh, that guy's got a nice car. He's got a nice wife and no kids. I, man, I got a bad wife, a bad car, and bad kids. That's post. You want trade? No, don't. Just pray, right? What else would be good for a man to fast from? Sometimes work. You work all the time and you don't take your Sabbath and you either take a Sabbath to break or you break. You either take a break or you break. Sometimes you're like, I, I just need to get a break from work. I literally need a hard reset. My work pace is not healthy. What else would be good for a man to fast from? Sports, maybe watching sports. Or maybe if you're so devoted to sports that your priorities are out of order, you're like, I'm a good golfer and a bad Christian. Okay, probably need to reset that. I'm a good golfer, but a bad husband. Okay, re I'm a good fly fisherman, but I'm a bad dad. May need to fast, reset your priorities, get things back in order. What else? Gambling, right? We're across the street from a, a casino, right? I mean, if, if, you've, if you're a guy who's like, man, I, I spend time and energy Money gambling, it's not a good investment. And I'll just tell you, it's not a good investment because the casino is bigger than your house. That means that they're winning. That's what that means. If you live in a little house and you go to a big casino, all that means is you're paying for their mortgage. That's all that that means. And it may be good to say, I'm gonna take a hard reset and fast from that. What else? Parties, going out, drinking, hanging out with the guys. That's not a good habit. Gotta find something else to do. 
I won't call them out, but I, I did hear a great story about a guy last week who went to a bar, sat down and said, I would rather be at church. And so he came here. That's a, that's a reset. If the habit is I go to the bar, instead I'm gonna go to men's, that's different, that's better. Right? What other things? You guys are missing the obvious. Women, okay, yeah. It's like, we're in church, let's be honest, right? Sometimes it's like, you know what? I'm dating, but I'm dating a lot of gals or I'm flirting, but not with my wife. Like you gotta fast, right? Reset and alcohol and alcohol. It's like, you know what? Drinking is not necessarily a sin, but if it's become for you a habit that is unhealthy, you need a hard reset, right? This can be with tobacco. This can be with prescription medication, anything. All of that to say, fasting is not just food. It's anything that is harming our relationship with God and is getting us to a place of being unhealthy and our priorities out of order and life going a direction that we don't want, okay? And it's practicing self-control and it's reconsidering priorities and it's reorganizing life. That's what fasting does. Daniel is a good man. Daniel is a... Uh, He's a godly man. And even Daniel needs to read the Bible, pray, and fast. These three disciplines carry him, these three habits carry him through 70 years of incredibly complex and hard life. His life is hard. So what I wanna do now is I wanna give you guys time to talk and to pray. So I'm gonna give you some questions. You don't have to use these. If you want to, great. Again, it's tools, not rules. As long as you're talking, it doesn't matter to me. But just to maybe prime the pump of the conversation, what one thing can you do to improve your Bible study? What we're talking about is in your walk with God, it's always figuring out what's the next step, okay? And some of you guys are like, oh, I should be there. Hey, don't worry about that. What's the next step? That's it. Your walk with God is all about taking the next step. What is that for you? In terms of Bible study, what would your next step be? Uh, the question we like to ask as well, do you need a study Bible? We will give you one. Tell your table lead, I don't have a study Bible. We'll give you one. This is about a $100 leather Bible. I think it's the best study Bible ever written. It's got great notes and introductions. There are guys in this room that buy these Bibles so that we can give them to you because you matter to us. And we believe this is the best thing we could possibly give you. This is the best gift you can receive. So if you need a good Bible, let us know. Maybe you are guys like, I've never even had a Bible. Great, we'll fix that for you right now. We love you. And uh, we think it's a great honor to give the Bibles away. Don't you guys love seeing that? Guys get their first Bible here every week. We love that. Uh, I had a guy last week, he walked in. He's like, uh, my buddy said, if I come, I get a Bible. I was like, yeah. He's like, are you a Christian? He's like, nope. I said, but will you read the Bible? He's like, yeah, that's why I came. Awesome. That's amazing, right? I mean, like if you're coming to get your free Bible, please come. That's amazing. We'll do that all day. What well, one thing can you do to improve your prayer habits? So next step in your prayer life, like what would that be for you? Just practically. Uh, what one thing do you need most to fast from? You're like, that's the thing that I need a hard reset. That's out of order. Which guys do we need to pray? Accept your invitation to join us. So we've all got some guys we know and they need help. And we're the guys who are here to help. That's why we're here. If you wanna find a job, we wanna help you find a job. If you wanna learn the Bible, we wanna help you learn the Bible. You need somebody to pray for you, we wanna pray for you. 
You're going through a hard season, we wanna walk with you. You're in the middle of a divorce, we wanna get you with some guys that have been through that and they wanna help you get through it. If you got some kids and you don't know what to do with them, we have some good dads and they're gonna help you figure that out. We're here to help. And so what guys do you know that you need to invite? And we can be praying that God would open their heart, that they would join us. And then lastly, how can we pray for you? And so uh, every man is welcome to pray. You don't have to pray, but you're welcome to pray. And you're welcome to give a prayer request. And uh, based upon uh, kind of the model that we've adopted from Pastor Darian, a lot of the guys like to huddle up like a football team and literally just pray together. And I think something very, very powerful happens when men pray together. And one of the things I love seeing every week is guys praying for and with each other, inviting God into life and relationships. And uh, I've told you before, but I'll remind you again, I like to stand in the back where you guys are praying. And I like to see the expressions on the faces of your wives and your kids and your girlfriends when they come looking for you because you're going later than they did. And they walk in and they see you praying. Every week, there are women who are crying in the back of the room because they see their husbands praying for the first time in their whole life. And that's awesome. So Father God, I just wanna pray. I wanna honor these men. I wanna, wanna express your heart, Father, for these sons of yours, young and old. Uh, God, thank you for the example of Daniel. He's filled with the spirit and his life has this pattern of Bible study and prayer and fasting. So he stays resolute. He has tremendous courage. He has incredible consistency and resiliency. And God, wherever we're at, we wanna have character. We wanna have integrity. We wanna have longevity. God, pray for the discussions around the table that you would honor those talks and pray for the time in prayer for guys and pray for the guys who need a Bible that they just let us know. And thank you, Lord, for the honor it is to have each of these men join us here tonight. Thank you that they give me the honor of helping them learn a bit. And thank you, Lord, that I get to be surrounded with some incredible men and we wanna welcome the new guys and just invite them into this brotherhood in Jesus' good name, amen.